My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Good morning, video games. Welcome once again to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games, hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselo, and joining me, as always... It's Ben Vanell here, Tommy, reporting from, uh, from the field. Gale force winds threatening to blow over my house... And yours and Adam's because we live in the same city. Are you going okay over there, Adam? I'm going fine, but I can. My ears can pick it up, so I don't know if a microphone mm. works the same as an ear. But it's incredibly <laughs> fucking loudy inside. Loudy, loud inside <laughs> of my room. I don't know why I said loudy, man. I'm having a bad <laughs> yeah. day. <laughs> it's fucking I, I'm so scared at the moment recently in my area here mm. at the front of my specific building where it happens to be windy there's been an ambulance taking someone away who looked like a 30s relatively healthy male and mm. so I'm thinking hey that's got to be the virus I mean I'm thinking that for no reason there's a million medical things that happen to people all of the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about the virus. And then today I saw police down there and they were questioning people somewhere Ooh. for some reason. And again, Ooh. it might have been one of your regular olden days crimes like robbery. But mm. to me, it was a virus crime. And so I joined my Facebook. On Facebook, there's like a group for all the people in the apartment buildings around here to fucking talk mm. and whatever to ask yep. things and I, I thought it might be some helpful like, well, okay, the virus has gotten into this building, but it's not in here and these people <laughs> just everyone asking, like, does anyone have a They've printer? broken it down by building. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's a bunch of it's the same complex, but there's s- distinct buildings that each have names. Mm-hmm. Not, like, floor by floor. Bill. It's superstitious and <laughs> yeah. it will not go past the thirteenth floor. So if you live above that height, you're gonna be safe. You're gonna ride this one out. Yeah. That's what happens with vampires and shit. Like, it's not unheard of. <laughs> yeah, other and real anyway, things like COVID. <laughs> when the wind started picking up before um, the uh, <laughs> there was someone posted in that thing as well, like, oh, I had a vacuum bag full of dust out on the balcony and it's blown away. I'm so sorry to anyone who got who it hit. It's like, why are you vacuuming your balcony? What's wrong with you? <laughs> someone did that in my building when um, just around the time that this all started, someone um, started a, a building-wide Facebook group and put you know flies in everyone's letterbox. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is really nice. Like I naively thought in my head, this will be great because literally everyone in the building will join it and then we'll have this community. I think at the time of recording, there's like eight members in there. And <laughs> like one of the only posts that's in there is someone going – does anyone have a copy of Guitar Hero 3 on the Xbox? Because I have one of the controllers for it, but I don't have the game anymore, and I want to test whether the controller works because I'm trying to sell it. No comments. <laughs> that is you like... Can, all of those buttons work on like the Xbox dashboard menu as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tommy, my only issue with that guy's should, post. Tommy, you could have posted yeah. that in our Patreon group. You didn't have to do that to your apartment <laughs> <laughs> community. That is such a – what a roll of the dice, like, with a, mm. a group with that few members, like, thinking that the odds are in your fate, like, <laughs> yeah. thinking that you're going to have that low number of people and that one of them will have a copy of Guitar Hero 3 just sitting around from a, from a long, outdated console, but – 
It wasn't to be. If I'd have lived in that apartment building, guess what, baby? You're in luck. Actually, I don't have Guitar Hero 3. I had Guitar Hero 3 on the PS2. World Tour was the first time that the 360 got a run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, we should quickly mention that uh, we have a new premium episode out on Bandcamp. We did a... um, We did a, uh, uh, how would you describe it? We cast the Big Brother house, but with video game characters. So we That's debated. It. Perfect. Did yep. we want 10, 10 housemates in there? And uh, yeah, it's, um, it was really fun to do. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. It's up there now. It is, uh, we've done the, the thing that we did for the uh, lockdown games, which is that it is free. If you, um, if you do not have the means to chip in any money, you can get it for free. But uh, if you do, if you would like to support the show, you can uh, pay whatever you want. Uh, we also have the Patreon that you can get a free, not free, you can get a bonus extra episode of the show every week <laughs> for paying us money. In fact, yes. it's quite the opposite of free in yeah. many ways. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Currently, we're doing uh, the Paul Thomas Anderthon where we're reviewing every Paul Thomas Anderson film. We're a couple of weeks into mm. that. Um, but, yeah, it's basically 2 bucks fifty a week for for, uh, for an episode of the show, Nintendo 69, that we've been doing for a long time. I think we're up to almost 90 episodes of that one. So, uh, yeah, yeah, if you do jump on it and, uh, yeah, support us for 10 bucks a month, you get all the back episodes as well as uh, all the future ones. So we would very much appreciate it if you, uh, wow. you want to jump on board. While we're plugging stuff too, uh, I've got another podcast that's currently, well, there's two that are going. There's one called Who's Spooky that mm. goes out and it's about a book that's about fucking spooky stories and that's a bit of fun. There's another one called 25 Days. It has three days left where we were pretending that we were in the city of Edinburgh during the Edinburgh Fringe 2020 and that's a bit of fun too. And uh, I would also like to plug that I have a Guitar Hero 360 uh, <laughs> guitar for sale. It's got a few Aerosmith stickers on it, but other than that, it's brand new condition. So if anyone would like to buy that, just go to uh, tommysbuilding.facebook.org.com slash tommysbuilding and uh, you can you can buy it off of me for $180 is what I'm asking. Okay. While we're, um, while we're plugging things, um, I'd just like to mention uh, a show that I have no direct involvement in, but um, it started in 1999 and it's called The Sopranos <laughs> and uh, it really changed the way that dramatic television was made. Like I said, I have absolutely no vested interest in people watching this um, or sure. not. I don't particularly care one way or the other, but I just think it's fantastic. I watched it all last year and uh, you really owe it to yourselves to check it out because it holds up and it is quite simply a masterpiece of modern television and storytelling. Oh, mm. actually, since we're plugging things, um, I actually I, I turned on the bath, I turned on the hot and cold water and checked that the temperature coming out of the tap was good, but then I walked away forgetting to put the plug in. So I come back to it later and, it, you know, it's just it's water going into a drain. So I'll plug that up now. Uh, so that's, okay. That's well, another, well, <laughs> that's we're, um, well, we're plugging stuff. I'd like to plug electricity. It's really handy. It's really helpful. It, it illuminates your house with the lights that you use. It powers computers, uh, it, even some cars these days. Um, so, yeah, I reckon uh, uh, electricity, get around it. It's, it's really cool. Um, yeah. Oh, that reminds me, actually. I have one more other thing to plug. It's not as bad as the bath one, so don't worry. Um, mm. I just wanted to give a... It's more of a shout-out, I suppose, than a plug, but shout-out okay. to... Uh, to blowjobs, they're mm-hmm. just fantastic. I hear. I don't remember, but apparently they're great. So if you want to go out and get yourself one of those, uh, you know, have a chat with someone who might want to give you one, and right. uh, you can get one of them. Blowjob being the the generic term for all forms of head, by the way. <laughs> right. Any, right, that, right, right. That's I suppose third I mean. Base. Yeah, <laughs> is that third? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I, I always third. thought. I, yeah. For whatever reason, when I was growing up, third base was always sex, and like you know, home. that's what I interpret it as. Home no, is home sex. is just not a not a part of it. Home is fucking <laughs> just you're done. That's leaving. Home is when you get to leave. That's <laughs> home, home is base. going home. Going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The best part, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right, Third base right. is sex. Second base <laughs> is like I don't know every every other thing, and first base is when you go to have sex, but then you come immediately, and like the fifteen minutes after that, that you wait before going again. 
That's first base. Yeah, the beautiful game. The beautiful game. <laughs> the sport Love of golf, kings. man. <laughs> uh, speaking of kings, I got introduced to a brand new character this week that I'd never heard of called King Shark. Because we all watched the DC Fandom presentation and we watched a bunch of trailers, uh, including the movie ones, um, the Snyder Cut one. And the Sui Squad movie, but uh, we also watched the video games ones. Uh, and yep. I was into Gotham Knights. Um, I was more into it when I assumed, like you did, I think, Knox, that it was part of the Arkham series. Gotham Knights, weirdly, is not. It's made by mm. WB Montreal and is separate. Uh, and then the Suicide Squad game, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, is mm-hmm. part of the Arkhamverse. But uh, yeah, Gotham Knights, I think, looks fun. But what did uh, what did you guys think of it? This is why I was flubbing around so much for the first 10 minutes of this because I couldn't, I didn't want to talk about this again. I couldn't be fucked. <laughs> Neither of these, <laughs> at this point, I've, I've gotten, I, I, after having time to digest them, I don't think I'm that interested in either of them for whatever reason. Right. At the time, I was like, oh, I could do more Batman stuff. But then I realized, like, well, half of the games that come out now are Batman games. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, Ghost of Tsushima is a Batman game, kind of, in mm. that sort of form. So. And uh, just the way that the presentation, like the one thing that was interesting to me about Gotham Knights is that it was a continuation of Arkham Knight. Mm. And then that is no longer a part of it. So it just looks like this Marvel game that's mm, coming out that is like numbers flying off of people and a co-op beat-em-up thing. And then the Suicide Squad game, it's just, it's so, uh, they just showed about two and a half minutes of, CG trailer with like voice acting that seemed appropriate to that property, to that franchise Mm -hmm. or whatever. But that isn't necessarily the most appealing thing when you're experienced with the Suicide Squad is that one movie they made in 2015. And I know that's not, you know, the entire concept's fault, but that's my experience to it through pop culture. Mm. And other than that, it effectively doesn't exist. So I barely have an opinion on that. So yeah, blowjobs, man. what humor is this what great humor i've got this week i'm not feeling <laughs> fucking awful at all is this a new thing where because i i don't know maybe maybe i'm remembering this wrong but it feels like back in the day if, if someone had a crack at a at an intellectual property be it through movie or typically through movie if it didn't fly then that would be it it would be dead in the water for quite some time there was this idea that you know you would kind of like poison the well so if someone mm. you know took a comic book character or adapted a TV show or whatever it was and it died, then that was it. But now there seems to be this thing where there's like a flop doesn't, doesn't not only doesn't seem to deter people anymore from making more stuff, it's like very rapidly we have to get back on the horse. It's like it just feels mm. like we're being bombarded with Suicide Squad media mm. all of a sudden when there was this movie that everyone hated not all that long ago and – and I know this is like these big properties and these big franchises, so it's not as easy of a thing to just say, why don't they just lie over and give it some space? But mm. it just it feels weird to really be trying to get us to care about this game with, yeah, a CG trailer that doesn't show any gameplay. And the last thing that anyone saw of it outside of a trailer for a new movie was this last movie that everyone thought was shitty. It's just, it's, mm. it's really hard to, to, to care on any level about it. DC has this problem in particular where all of their characters have 800 different versions of themselves across all these different, like, Mm. well, actually the Arrowverse Batman is different to the Arrowverse Flash who is different to the Flashverse Flash who is different to the movie Flash. And the Harley Quinn <laughs> universe Flash isn't actually yeah. the Suicide Squad and Flash. Everything, so. everything after Flashpoint is different and the new 52 changes the whole. But yeah. I think the thing that isn't a problem for DC is they have millions of fans and an incredibly established and devoted base of people who will pay for even the things that aren't critically well received like we all hated the suicide squad movie it did gangbusters at the box office it made Mm. a lot of money as have i think all of their movies even the really shitty ones weirdly some of the better ones like wonder woman and even aquaman which was like not as bad as justice league (laughs) it actually did less less good at the box office than the bad ones which is to be fair To be fair, the Aquaman movie was unfortunately about Aquaman. 
That was the biggest problem <laughs> right. with that movie, probably, is that they try like. Man, someone drew a fucking fish guy in the sick. Just let him go. Fucking come up with a new one. You don't have to keep going. Uh, it's a dumb idea. Aquaman is dumb. And all of them are dumb. That's and every superhero is dumb. And the whole world's dumb. And I'm sick of being stuck inside. <laughs> that is the thing with DC, though. Like, I think they have some of the best cat. You know, they've got Batman hmm. and Superman, who I think are the, like the top tier. And when most people think of a superhero character, they think of those two characters. But the drop-off from that to the rest is mm. so great and so much mm. greater than the drop-off from the top-tier Marvel characters to the next tier. Mm. Well, and just I think Marvel has like a bit more consistency across the, ro- the roster than like DC get forced to really bring in some pretty ropey shit. Mm. And Marvel cop a lot of shit for putting out a bunch of movies, but they put out, what, two or three a year? But DC, mm. I feel like I'm always looking at Batman. I feel like there's yes. always yes. a right, Batman right. in everything. He's where, everywhere. When, there's 800 Batman. It's it's like Spider-Man now where that became a ridiculous series of reboots and restarts and recastings. Mm. Now we have mm. that for Batman. Initially we had it for Batman over the course of 30 years and like four different or five different well, guys, but but now it is ramping up. It's never stopped. I, it's been Batman my whole life. Mm. Batman, literally from the day I was born, which was <laughs> yeah. the release date of Batman 1989. Wow. <laughs> I have been living in a world where they keep just fucking making Batman shit. Mm. And like, at least the Suicide Squad one isn't a Batman game yes. directly. Mm. But that's the one that's the fucking sequel to Batman now. So, of <laughs> yeah. course, there's going to be a bunch of Batman shit in that. Batman's well, fucking yeah. everywhere. Now it's Harley Quinn, which, and I think like that's the one saving grace of the Suicide Squad is that it has Harley Quinn, who has become an interesting character, largely thanks to the portrayal of Margot Robbie. Like she was pretty good as like a side villain in the Arkham series. Mm. Um, and she was, yeah, good in the Suicide Squad movie and Birds of Prey, despite the fact that I think both of those movies sucked. Um, and it's just this sort of like secondhand interest. Um, well, maybe not secondhand, right? Because, like, the people who are fans of these characters through the comics are like, I'm a fan of this character. And the fact that there's a portrayal of it now that's great by an actor who's very talented is a real bonus. But mm. I'm also keen to see this character in a video game voiced by a talented voice actor. So I guess that is still the appeal of this game. The fact that the rest of the Suicide Squad is a bunch of, like, dumb idiot characters <laughs> with nothing interesting about them right. does not sure. help the matter. <laughs> Yeah. Well, who else you got? You got fucking Deadshot, who has already been in those Batman games. And if this is mm-hmm. a sequel, then Deadshot's looking pretty different now. Kind of weird, but whatever. Yep. I guess, yep. like, in between Batman Arkham City and this game, the Suicide Squad movie came out. So now when people hear Deadshot, they think of Will Smith. Mm. And so they're like, oh, I guess that's... Anyway. Yep. Um, you got fucking Shark Boy, which nobody thinks anything of. And so they've mm-hmm. got free reign with that. And then you mm-hmm. got Captain mm-hmm. Boomerang, who was what Jai Courtney in the movie. So yes. again, you got free reign with that because nobody remembers a Jai Courtney performance if you put mm-hmm. a gun to their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's just, and even if that one's great, and maybe it'll be fantastic, and the writing's amazing, and it's brilliant, and whatever, to reveal a two-minute CGI trailer with eighty minutes of fucking Will Arnett padding mm. is. It means I oh okay well let's not think about the game for another two years because it's yeah. not out for another two years yeah so twenty twenty two fucking Jesus and yeah Gotham a little Knights deflating that year. one mm. especially when Rocksteady's had five years since the last one came out and obviously it takes a long time to make a game and they probably were working on something and it got shafted or whatever but apparently they were working on a Superman game. And then they were like, yeah. it's too hard to make a game where you're Superman a challenge. So I think they pivoted away. It takes a long time to make a game when you've got to spend most of your day trying to find new and creative ways for your HR department to not do anything. That's <laughs> the most difficult part of making a game. Um, mm. So I don't know. It just... The same with always the the cycle of DC shit is that something new is on the horizon. Everyone starts saying, actually, fuck, they're doing it now. Here we go. DC's back. And then all the shit comes out and people get excited about the Batman trailer, but it looks the same as all of the other (laughs) shit that they've done. It looks exactly the same. 
I don't get the hype yeah, around that one. I mean, we're not a fucking comic book or movie podcast here, but whatever. Yeah, I didn't quite get all the people. People were really jazzed up over that Batman trailer, and I thought it looked fine. But like, I don't care. And it's like, yeah, Pattinson looks good. He, but he's you know he's an int- he's an out of the box. Um, he's an outside the box casting choice, and he's a good actor. So it's like, okay, it's you know it's kind of stunt casting a bit, but he also is just you know good at what he does. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it's like there's there's three really great Batman movies out there. Like, uh, you know the there's that Nolan trilogy that is fantastic. I don't, mm. you know, it just it kind of looks like it's just trying to do a bit more of that. And I, you know, I don't know, not not for yeah. me. I don't really and understand getting too getting too jazzed up about it. It doesn't necessarily mean it is objectively bad if we all don't like DC. It just is something that we all think is bad and keeps fucking intersecting with things that we think are good. And so I feel mm. like I keep having a look at DC shit when I would naturally just probably avoid it at this point in my life. But for whatever reason, it keeps... I, I think that is what actually makes me so... Uh, get my get my back up about DC stuff in particular is the way that they pitch it every time works on enough people that the <laughs> DC noise that is constantly in the background of my fucking dumbass nerdy life that yeah i should probably change up a little bit go outside have a walk oh, i would if i could but i'm only allowed yeah. to for an hour so what am i meant to do go crazy don't mind if i do <laughs> i i actually am a dc well. fan i'm a big dc fan uh but i've become fatigued by their uh failures like i obviously i'm yeah. not interested in the recent movies I liked Batman versus Superman for how different it was from the Marvel movies that I was fatigued from at that time. But um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I If the Batman's a good movie, then I'll like it. But I think I'm completely uh, unable to get excited about uh, superhero movie trailers. Maybe that's, that's yeah. where I'm at, I think. Sure. Right, and these game well, trailers we- seem to have the exact same effect at this point. Yeah. Yeah, with oh, these two yeah. games, I would be more interested in them if they were making the boring decision and just making another straight up Batman game. Right. I'd much rather play that. Like I don't know why this one, this Gotham Knights one, if it was a continuation on, you know, if it was like a sequel to that world, you could see why okay, well they've got to branch out a little bit, but it's not. So mm. Well, and, it's, you know, it's, the same with the Suicide Squad. It's just like, I don't know, man, just make it's been years. Just make a fucking straight up open world Batman game. That'd be fun. <laughs> like the, the, the Gotham Knights one having the same setup as you would expect a sequel to Arkham Knight is, is mm. the weird thing as well. Like Batman is yeah. presumed dead. All these characters are working together to take his place. Like that's how Arkham Knight ended. But, mm. you know, who, who knows? <laughs> the thing I I think Sui Squad was a was a bad CGI or was I think we were all turned off by the vibe of the CGI trailer. I think if it was a little more playing a well, I don't know. Maybe that's just not our vibe. Full, full stop. I don't know if there's a good way to do it, but um, I think if it does, if the gameplay trailer comes out and it looks like a fun, fluid version of the Arkham Combat with a bunch of different characters then I probably will be really excited for that once I see that. But, yeah, I think similar to you, Nox, it's like, well, we haven't seen that yet, so it's just a title. Yeah. I think I just realised a big part of what the Suicide Squad not hitting for me is because of as well is that the Suicide Squad is, and this same as Deadpool, where it's the kind of irreverent one, and so Mm, it's not taking the comic books too seriously. But for that to work for you, you have to take the other shit seriously. You have to be reverent of Superman Mm before you can find it enjoyable to suddenly have permission to be irreverent of him. And I mm-hmm. think Superman's a fucking clown, dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just got distracted during the trailer because I just kept thinking, like, get all this other bullshit out of here and give me a game where I just play as a big shark. That, you know, a <laughs> right. big humanoid shark running around smashing people. I'd play that. I don't, I don't want this fucking Aussie guy in the mix. <laughs> I don't want all this other, like, co-op bullshit. I just want to mm. run around like a big... Like a big shark, I just want to be outside. I guess ultimately yeah. at the end of the day. I just day. want to run around. Twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two, baby, it's coming. It's being allowed <laughs> outside. Yeah. If anyone goes back and because I know some people do go back and listen to old episodes of this, 
which I already think must be unbearable because hearing us go like, what do you think the NX will be? I can't mm-hmm. imagine where the pleasure in that comes from. However, um, I'm glad that it does for people. And also, this stretch won't be easy to go back to, surely. Hearing us just being yeah. like, when will it end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the way that we yes. feel about everyone else in the world, or at least, not, like, I, I should say, everyone else outside of Victoria in Australia, we currently are really annoyed by them posting about being outside and doing activities and going to the cinema. Probably the way the reverse is true of people who are listening to us from the comfort of a COVID-free country. They must be just like, stop it. Just I mean, <laughs> get over it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. To, to be fair, I don't know if there are really any COVID-free countries. There are just countries that have chosen to ignore it. So I, I True, should be yeah. thankful for what we're doing here and it's worth it and all of that. But I'm losing what tiny grip I had on my mind anyway. Yeah. <laughs> out of this. yeah. I don't begrudge um, people posting about like in other states, but I know a couple of people who got out of here um, in between lockdowns mm. and uh, and have, have now just been like living in Queensland. And I reckon if you if you're a fucking yeah. draft dodger, if you did that, you should never <laughs> yeah. be allowed back in. If you didn't write yeah. this Brother, shit I... out like a true Victorian, yes. you're never allowed to live in the city of Melbourne again. I endorse Dude, that. <laughs> I used to date one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Right. Lock the borders up forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck. I've seen people, oh, I've been fuck. seeing people on social media like, hey, I just moved to Adelaide. It's like, wow, you moved states to get out of the lockdown. Yeah. That's a fucking big move. This will be what it's like when we're seeing posts from people being like, wow, Saturn's moon, moons are actually beautiful. Mm. This is mm. a, a, amazing. <laughs> Look yeah. at all the fresh water that's just right. under the icy crust of Europa. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be stuck here fucking burning, being like, well, good for you. Glad I decided yeah. to stay and defend. Yeah. Mostly just mad at myself for not having the foresight to do it, to be completely honest. Yeah, yeah, imagine, yeah I work from home. Imagine so how like, much harder it would be for you guys, like, not just seeing shit on Instagram stories if it was like once a week when you're doing this, it's me on a beach in Perth going like, all right, boys, come on, the clock's ticking. Happy hour starts in 45 minutes. Let's get this show on the road. Do you know, I kind of, I was considering, and I didn't do it for, but I was considering going to like my parents' house and staying with my family Mm. during Mm. this. Right. And I was like, well, I can make that decision at any time. And then they went, oh, by the way, five kilometers, motherfuckers. (laughs) I didn't see that one fucking coming. That's, oh, man. It's just it's it's fun to be surprised like that. It's why I enjoyed shows like Breaking Bad. Just the surprises yeah. you get along the way yeah. are really what adds a little bit of color to life. And that color is gray, a constant gray. Oh, speaking of shows, have either of you guys started watching that high score show on Netflix yet? I I know we discussed no. maybe talking about it at some point on the show. Um Tommy, I think you maybe had that idea. Yeah, I um I have not started watching it yet. Uh, I've got to be honest. If we hadn't have done our um, history of video games thing, or if we were about, you know, it would have been for the purposes of research and stuff for that. Mm. It would have been great if it had have come out around then. I might watch it. It seems like something that would be good to watch with someone who um, doesn't know as much about the history of video games. I was thinking mm-hmm. maybe watching Oops. an app with my girlfriend and seeing what she makes of it, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm deep in a couple of things that I'm really enjoying, so I haven't gotten around to it yet. What about you? No, no, I haven't yet. Um, but I did hear someone review it on another podcast and it sounded exactly like what we covered in our History of Games show. So right, I right. don't know, yeah. maybe maybe we don't bother. I know. I, I And I, I haven't watched it, but not because of anything else. I haven't been deep in a couple of things I've been really enjoying since they closed the borders. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, When you say, say, Ben, that it sounded a lot like what we did on this pod, so you mean in this Netflix documentary series there are frequent tangents about oral sex and just completely unrelated media and, like, childhood anecdotes? Yeah, yeah, and then I think the bulk of the information relayed is just read off Wikipedia, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I bet they didn't have the gumption to watch and now talk about the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War trailer that went up 
very recently. Mm. Mm. But I did it. I'll never let anyone down. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to so tell. You, you a- specifically, you specifically requested that we move the recording day so that we'd be able to talk about. So it. So I, I was, I was under the wrong impression of how in depth this was going to be. Mm, when they said mm, like a reveal right. thing, I thought they were talking about you know one of the sort of here's twenty minutes and we'll talk about what the game is and blah blah blah. But no, it's a two minute like clip together cinematic style trailer with like bits and pieces of gameplay. And little clues of, or at least like in-game footage, I suppose I should say, rather than gameplay. But Mm -hmm. you can tell that in the same way that Modern Warfare last year was kind of a reboot of Modern Warfare, this is kind of a reboot of Black Ops, it looks like. They've got, I believe, the same characters there. I don't know if it's a reboot or like a sequel or a sidequel or something. Right, right. It is set around the same time periods that the original Black Ops was, which is Mm. Vietnam War and then like 80s Cold War. They've got a weird, creepy uh, CGI Reagan or in-game Reagan that looks weird. Um, there was footage of Tiananmen Square that they took out globally because China um, had issues with a depiction of... T- which, like, I don't know, man. That's so weird to have done the Tiananmen Square thing and then be like, hey, later on, don't show that. Like, well, you're admitting it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also I guess it's pretty um it's pretty bold to have put that in and assumed that China would have no problem with that. I mean that's mean? it's fucking mm. stupid is what that is and make two trailers if you really want to get into the Chinese market but don't take it out over the mm. rest of the world. And if you're China, I'm just mm. saying like pretend like you don't know what it is. That's how you get out of things. <laughs> when when that bit plays <laughs> right, in the trailer, right. if you're the Chinese government you go like, "Whoa. What is what was that bit in the middle?" I've never not, seen that not before. Not familiar That's with so the Chinese weird. government uh, state of operation, are you, Knox? <laughs> they really—it's <laughs> not how they do things. They don't—they don't just go like, hmm, "What do you? What was that?" Oh, I didn't even know about that. They're more a uh, bundle you into a white van and never see you again sort of situation. But I'm talking but, about how yeah. the world should be. I'm an idealist, and I'm saying ideally totalitarian governments pretend like they don't know what they're doing, like in Australia and America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea that there's someone in there that's like, guys, if we do this, it makes us look psycho. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) Gee, I'm not saying you always come up, you don't always come up with the best ideas because you do, and I love you, but I just think it's like a bad look. You know, right? You're anyway. you're advocating passive aggression as opposed to aggression. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. what yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that's what okay. people should do. They're like, oh, okay. You want to be a nation state? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Hey, no. If you're, you want to be, Tibet, go for it. Tibet, no, you're, why? you're wearing. You're wearing that flag, Tibet? Wow. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I actually think red looks better on you, but that's just my opinion. Hmm. Taiwan, <laughs> cute name. <laughs> yeah, no, no, use it. <laughs> uh, I well, heard that if you go to China, like... even if you've uh, given them shit from other countries, they might still arrest you. So guess where we're never going again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, it, it looks like a Call of Duty game in the way that you would expect it to be, but it looks nice. And here's the most interesting hmm. thing about it. So apart from it being the reboot thing and them doing all the, um, you know, shit that they're doing with what it, uh, the look of a reboot and potentially having uh, the Warzone thing from uh, Modern Warfare, like keep going over and stay current mm-hmm. in that game, which is sort of interesting, having it become that thing that it should have been for ages probably by now of the, you know... Uh, one game by with an updating model Fortnite sort of thing. Yeah. style, yeah, yeah. Which we'll talk more about that idea in a minute. But the most interesting thing about it is that it has a release date of November 13th and it's coming out on the next generation consoles. Mm-hmm. In this trailer, it said all footage was recorded on a PlayStation 5. That right. leads me to believe that November 13th, all going to plan, will be the release date of at least the PlayStation 5. Yeah, there's another game. I think is it the next Yakuza game is also confirmed to be coming out on PS5, and that has an announced release date of 
for November something, November maybe 17th? 13th, I think it is. Is it 13th because as well? Yeah, right. It's only a few days before Cyberpunk, which is the 19th, but I think that Yakuza release date is PS4 only and there's a PS5 version coming in the future. I believe okay. that's the situation with that one. And that's Let that's the see. case with a few of them where they've said it's going to be cross-generational and they're like, but we're working on the next version and that will come down the track. Yeah, you're right. It is November 13th for... PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and Steam, and yeah. all that shit. Okay. Because that was a PS4 game that came out in, like, January in Japan. Um, yes, it did too. Um, but that still doesn't mean that they're not aiming to release or align that release with a new console. You can still play a PS4 game on a PS5, so it could sure. still be an attractive thing to be like, buy a PS5 and get with it, yeah, the new Call of Duty, the new Yakuza, it doesn't have to be the fact like a, a full on next gen game necessarily. Yeah. Call of Duty in particular being that they were there right at the launch of the previous ones and then mm-hmm. the sort of one that you both Sony and Activision would want to come out at that sort of a moment, right? So mm. uh, yeah. that that was the most interesting thing about it to me. Well, I mean, if you go to the Sony uh, PlayStation website right now and put your email in to sign up for a newsletter or some bullshit, apparently you go in for a ballot to maybe get a PlayStation 5 possibly through the PlayStation Store or something. If you're in the US, I believe. (laughs) Right. I I was looking at doing that before and it just was like, register down below and then there wasn't a button. Yeah, right. Fucking weird. Weird, They're going to be really limited, it seems like. Mm. All indications are that that's going to be a difficult to get a hold of console. So luckily, there aren't any games coming out for it for quite some time. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be frustrating because I did want to get it, you know, on day one or close to it, just to have it, to look at it, to see what it's like, you know, like I want to see the new user, like you know, I'm I'm interested in all that stuff, that that like polish stuff, you know, the 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 superficial shit, but. I don't want to have to wait fucking six months, but um, maybe I won't have a choice. Yeah. And that's half so, the fun too, like going in day one, it's exciting. Mm, Counting yeah, down totally. to that release date, head to JB in the morning or whatever. Mm. Yeah. It's nice to, to, to be there for the future, unless the future is a dangerous thing. <laughs> what is this leading into? I'm glad you asked, my good bitch. <laughs> this... Uh, so someone sent me this on Twitter actually And I'm sorry I don't think I even said thank you But here's your thank you now Because um, I hadn't heard this mm. So Destiny 2 Is bringing in this thing called the Content Vault And what the what the Destiny Content Vault is Is their mm. way of saying Hey we're going to delete a bunch of shit that you paid for from the game Because we want to put more stuff in But their reasoning it reasoning is that they don't want hard drive install sizes to get crazy, so they're taking some older stuff out as they put the new stuff in. But this has really fucking gotten my hackles up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna get on my soapbox. It's time for finally, finally, the- you're gonna get angry about something uh, <laughs> trivial <laughs> on the <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> okay, point taken. I'll be happy it about. Doesn't seem this. like the sort of thing. This doesn't seem like the sort happily. of thing that would generally annoy you. Like, what's yeah. what's changed in your attitude to make you fire up about something like this? Well, that's because it isn't, Tommy. This is such a great idea. The Destiny Content Vault is an amazing way of taking content that people have paid for and deleting mm. it from a game that they didn't expect it to be deleted from. But mm. using Destiny 2 as a service model going forward is such a smart idea for exactly this reason. You get to have all of the old... Uh, hang-ups and technical issues that Destiny 2 has compared to modern games, and you get to make them last forever. Isn't that fun? It's free to play now as well, so all the people who did buy it got fucking rogered out of that. <laughs> rogered is a fun <laughs> word that I uh, that is positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you so, can you can you explain to me again? Exact. So how does this work? So you so. Well, all the stuff. So when they say content vault, what it's being that is that just a way of them saying that this is all being deleted and that you can't access it again? Or the implication the content with content vault, vault which is mm. such a good phrase for it, is mm-hmm. that the content mm-hmm. goes out of your game and into a secret vault hidden at Bungie headquarters. And sometime in the future, when they've run out of any more fucking ideas, they'll bring all that old content back out, and everyone will suck their dicks over it because they've forgotten mm. how they were hurt earlier on. So. 
I, I I don't know, man. It just it's it's it seems so objectively shitty to delete shit from a game that exists. Yeah, the people yeah, have paid for it as well. It's not like it was. <laughs> it's not like it's Hitman or whatever with those like here's a small thing that mm. pops up for a week, and if you miss it, you miss it. Like I don't really like that either, but it is expressly indicated to you that that will be the format, and you don't pay for it. So whatever. But this Same is with Fortnite, that, right? Like Fortnite, the whole right. world changes. All of that shit changes. I don't actually. I don't know if the stuff that you've paid for, the cosmetic stuff, changes. I assume it does, and I assume that stays in your inventory or whatever. I believe that. But the, the game does change. But yeah. this is yeah, this is different. This is, and you're right. In, in the word vault implies that it will be put somewhere for you probably to have to pay to unlock again down the track. Like that's what well, that they'll bring it out as some seasonal fucking event and be like, Oh, right. the, remember the Bringus Retro. from earlier? Mm-hmm. He's back. Mm-hmm. It'll be the same thing, but maybe a little harder or whatever. Just, right. it seems like they want to do stuff with this game that doesn't fit into what destiny two was when it released. Mm. So I don't really understand their, um, their insistence on sticking with Destiny 2 as the model going forward, where they've had to change everything about Destiny 2 to make mm-hmm. it the game that they want it to be. If you released a Destiny and some word that is an infinite as a free-to-play thing anyway, then you're in the same position, right? It's either laziness mm. in taking Destiny 2 and making it into this new thing, or, um, well, that's that's kind of what it is. It's We've already got it there, so we might as well use it for what we want to do now. I was like, no... Mm. Leave the thing you've already made. Everything needs to be archived and catalogued forever. If I don't see three blue trains today, I'm going to have a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) I really am so relieved, and I'm sure you guys feel the same, that I'm not into this style of game and never have been. It just seems like Mm. a fucking nightmare. Like I'm still chipping away at Persona 5. If I turn it on tonight and all of a sudden it's like Morgana's gone, you got to yeah. pay 50 bucks if you want Morgana to keep being in it for the rest of the game. Be like, ah, oh, well, this sucks and I'm going to mm. do it because I want I mm. want to have the full game. So I'm going to pay that money. They've just got me over a barrel. Like there's nothing that, yeah, there's nothing that um that I, yeah, I'm just not into that style of game. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit, of, it's a bit of a relief. Mm. I, I, like that's the thing. I haven't played any of this Destiny 2 shit that they're going to delete because it's all from expansions that they put out after the initial game, which was the only bit of that that I played. But I think that annoys me more because I like the shooting in the Destiny games. And I like to think that at some point, should I, you know, have reason to, I could go back and play whatever has been put out for something that I might want to. I just, I I, mm. I hate this thing of everything being so ephemeral and and temporary. And I know that's life. And I know that when it's death that's facing me, I'll struggle with it because I haven't even been able to cope with the concept in small minutia of my life, let alone in the more significant moments. But let me have this at least. <laughs> I, I like you, I, you guys know that I'm sort of of the opposite perspective when it comes to archiving and, and keeping stuff. Like I uh, constant, like I am very happy to only have a digital library of games. I'm not overly concerned about, collecting physical stuff but if i paid for something that only exists in a digital format and that was erased from my library and i could never play it again i would be fucking pissed off like that is Hmm. that is equivalent to coming into my house and like taking one of my records and snapping it in half and saying you can't listen to this anymore i know you like it but it's gone now and uh, like it's just it doesn't seem fair yeah yeah it's a really fucking weird thing to do Mm. It happens with iTunes a bit, right? Like there's been people who have like bought movies digitally and mm. then they Apple loses the license to it or however it works and it's like not nah, you can't you don't have this anymore like you can't. Whoa. There was a this is so this is pretty off track, but um did you guys see the Disney Plus's release plan for the the live action Mulan film is to is to you have to buy it yeah. Through you rent it, you, yeah. You have to buy it through because um, obviously it can't come out in the cinema. So you buy it through Disney Plus. You already have to have a subscription to Disney Plus to then buy it to watch on the platform. Yeah, and, and if it's you like stop thirty-five your subscription bucks or something at any point, to just buy. Yeah, it's thirty bucks. Yeah, mm. and if you stop paying your Disney Plus subscription at any point, 
you then won't be able to have access to it yeah. in spite of the fact. So you need to keep paying for the rights to continue to watch this thing that you've owned. It's it's just it's fucking insane. Like yeah. you can lose rights to stuff and these things happen and it's and and yeah, that, that kind of stuff is gonna happen. But you just these companies just have to like I don't know, it's crazy that more of a stink isn't kicked up because it's like by rights you should get your money back. Mm. Let me tell you motherfuckers about rental rights and the tyranny of the concept of a landlord. So <laughs> the fact that no, I, it, it, yeah, it does suck. And at least with that, you know the deal going in, which is different to this situation where they've changed sure, the deal. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they sold you a product that they are now removing access to, and that's yeah. sort of happened with games before where things have been delisted. But I think in every case of that so far, it's been that they are removed from being able to be purchased when they when they lose rights to like. There's one, mm. uh, like a fucking, what's that one called? Like the Scott Pilgrim one there was, and there's one about oh, planes. Right. Oh, yeah. Pikmin 3 got taken off of the Wii U shop. But if yes. you had already bought it, you can re-download it. I guess the Wii shop closed down, so that stuff's all fucked off. So mm. good luck getting, yeah. you know, you can't have Mega Man 9 anymore. No, no. Well, that might have been good. I never <laughs> played it. But I, th- <laughs> the point is, I should be able to if I want to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you what you can play if you want to. Two games that uh, Ben and I have indulged in this week that were mm. uh, announced and then uh, for sale immediately afterwards on the Switch eShop. Uh, but sorry, sorry World. to interrupt. Mm. I just want to point out that I just tore some Velcro. <laughs> and uh, if the mic picked it up, it might have sounded different, <laughs> might have sounded weird, but I tore some mm. Velcro. Mm. Anyway, I need to go change my pants because the Velcro broke. On <laughs> I'll be back in a second. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yes, two games from uh, uh, last week's Indie World presentation. Um, the first of which, um, a short hike, which I yeah. played and completed over the weekend. Did you really? You this is this a game, well, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this game already on Steam. I probably pl- paid about. 10 bucks for it. I assume, Tommy, it was about $95 on the Switch eShop. Um, <laughs> no, it's but... 10 bucks. Oh, nice. Okay, that's cool. There are a bunch of those indies that came out that week as well that are like $45, which I feel like is a, is a very inflated price. But um, yeah, I've played about an hour of a short hike. I assume that's like half of it, a third of it maybe. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, someone did say in our Patreon group, Am I going to like this if I don't like Animal Crossing? And I did not understand that comparison, but having played it now, I very much do because there's a few mechanics and a few tools that are directly ripped off. Yeah, it's a bit of a mix between Animal Crossing and maybe Breath of the Wild. Mm. I'll yeah. say to someone that it's kind of like if Breath of the Wild had been a DS game. It's um, yeah, yeah. It's got the so you yeah basically you're a you're a little are you a crow you're some kind of bird you're a little um, yeah. Bird that's on a that's like staying in a little cabin on this like big mountain, and you need to make a phone call. And the only place that you can get reception is the very top peak of the um of the mountain. So you set mm. off on a little hike, and you very quickly realise that you um you have a stamina mechanic like in Breath of the Wild, and that you are not going to be able to get to the top of the mountain without having enough golden feathers, which are what represent the stamina. So you basically have to go around and do these... If you press Z and the like uh, right C button, they make you invincible. <laughs> remember Banjo-Kazooie? Stuff. <laughs> do you remember Banjo-Kazooie? Um, so yeah, you- Answer my question. <laughs> yes, Adam. Yes. Yes. No, I don't. It's all I think about. It's all I ever think about. <laughs> I had it on a physical media and then I threw it in the bin. Um, yeah, it's you, you also can <laughs> you can jump and glide, which is a great mechanic. It feels very fun and calming and relaxing to just sort of like hop up and glide around this sort of um, sort of isometric but rotating occasionally 3D-ish view. It's a little pixelated the the graphics. Um, I wanted to say also the setup is not just like you're a fun little animal and you have a little adventure. It's like there's more of a personal a personality to the character that you play as of a little bit cynical yeah. and someone who seems like a little depressed or a little, little like I'm, I'm overwhelmed by life in the city and I need to get out to the country and just go for a fucking walk, which was very yeah, relatable totally. and, and done very well, like done in a very mature, 
way. Like the writing is really clearly done by someone who knows how to convey concepts and characters in a in a subtle light touch way. I, that's one of the first things I noticed about this game being like really good. Yeah, I really love that the the whole setup of it and the whole goal, like I said, is to just you're in this beautiful nature, but you're trying to get to a vantage point where you can get phone reception. Like I love that that's <laughs> yeah. the goal is to yeah. you've escaped, but you're like I need to make this phone call. Um, and so, yeah, you basically, it, it again, very similar to Breath of the Wild where you can just basically head off in whatever direction you want from the beginning. You mm. encounter little creatures who give you um, various, very uh, like kind of old school tropey RPG quests of like, hey, race me or, you know, oh, I've lost my headband. It's somewhere in the shrub, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get, it's just, half of the fun is just poking around and exploring mm. the different places and then you get a couple of more golden feathers and you realise, oh, I could make it up there now. And so to to finish in terms of like reaching the peak and seeing the ending, mm. it's not very long. It's uh, like I cruised through it in two short um, set it, sittings without really right. trying to like blaze through it. I just all of right. a sudden was like, oh, I'm I'm up the top of the, I'm up at the top of the peak. I've finished the game. Mm. And then you realize, oh, right, yeah, this game was $10. Um, so, like, when I started playing it, I thought, I'm loving this so much. The visual style, the music, the setup, the just exploring. It feels great to move around in. And I was kind of thinking, like, this is going to be an all-timer. It's a little bit too mm. short to say that about. Although, yeah, it's 10 bucks, so I don't think that's a fault of it. I don't think that's a negative. You know, it's not like it's a full price thing i don't think that the length is taking the piss too much for the price that it is no but um but then yeah there's still plenty more to do uh once you finish it you you can yeah you can reach the peak pretty easily but then there's still there's you know there's fish to catch there's little stuff to find there's there's a whole bunch of various things that you can Mm. then keep yourself busy with um just kind of exploring and roaming around in yeah, I love the music. I think it's really, it's like, it's the kind of thing that could be done in a really twee way and it could be described in a yeah. way that makes it sound twee and shitty and annoying, but it is not. It's good music. Like when I was trying, I was like, oh, is that a ukulele or like a mandolin? I was like immediately thinking like, if you say that on the podcast, people will think it's shit music, <laughs> like real annoying yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's like, it's just very uplifting and calming and fun uh it's made by a designer or a yeah developer and designer called adam griu um developed it published it it's made on unity and yeah it's really short but like you i'm loving it like every aspect of it is great so i hope that this developer gets to make a bigger game or has the ambition to because i would want to play something more from them yeah yeah i definitely think it's uh it's something that I would gladly recommend to almost anyone. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's 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 really fun. It looks beautiful. Like that style mm. of it being three D rendered, but having a bit of a filter over the top of it so that it still looks kind of pixelati. And um, yeah, just the movement of your character is is great. And you're right, being able to glide around and fly, and uh, you you can unlock a boat at some point, which I haven't right. done yet. Um, so you can hoon around in the water. Yeah, it's mm. really really fun. Yeah, really solid. And uh, the other game that I believe we've both played is called Manifold Garden. Yeah. Uh, which is a first person, it kind of reminds me a bit of The Witness in that it's mm-hmm. like first person mm-hmm. puzzles. Uh, you can manipulate gravity so you can look at a wall and push the R trigger and the whole room kind of tilts. And yeah. quite often that's the key to solving the puzzle is to kind of tilt the room around. Um, I... Did the first kind of few rooms, like puzzles get sort of slightly more intricate, was really enjoying it, finding it really satisfying. And then I'm now kind of like outside this structure and mm-hmm. I cannot for the life of me work out where to go or how to get there. I've just <laughs> completely hit a wall with it where I don't know what I'm meant to do. Because it's there's no setup, there's no, at least in the bit I've played, there's no dialogue, there's no narration, there's no text, there's there's sort of nothing to sort of give you any kind of context of yeah. what this world is or who you are or what you're doing. So yeah, yeah I kind like of no, feel a bit of no at odds for it now because I'm just yeah. There's no I'm text. Just kind of chasing no my tail, like yeah. Well, I, I 
I believe that I know exactly where you're at. You sort of exit and you go out onto a big platform suspended in the air and you can maybe see, like, oh, can you go over there? But it's too far to run or jump to. You can't jump, actually, in the game. You can only walk or run or change gravity and walk up, you know, other walls and shit. Um, there yeah. is a... You'll kick yourself as soon as you realize what to do. And is it's that kind of puzzle game. It's... It reminds me of The Witness and reminds me of Portal. Uh, it reminds me of The Turing Test, the game that I played probably last year, which was a lot about like, okay, to get through this door, you have to move this thing over here, but you can only, like, it'll only stay there for a limited amount of time. So it's like, okay, well, is there something else in the room that you can put there to like hold the switch down? Oh, when you put it down, then how do you, like, you know, it's this combination of opening doors and moving buttons and, balancing things and using yeah objects in really creative ways and this has a lot of that too as you get further in there's a lot of like um oh you've probably done this already tommy like there'll be these blocks that you can pick up and put on a square on the ground to sort of open a door you know and it's like a, yep. basically a key on a lock um but those blocks you can only pick up and move when your gra gravity orientation matches like the arrow on the block so you gotta yes. be like oh, okay, if I pick it up and move it over here and let go of it, it'll just fall on the ground. And if I try and change gravity, then it won't be anywhere near where I need to pick it up. So it's a lot of like, oh, okay, but if I use another block to perch it up here, then when I flip gravity, I'd be able to grab it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it gets more and more complex as it goes. Um, I've probably played five or six hours of it. Um, and there, it keeps introducing these new mechanics. There's now ones where it's like, the ground will be translucent and, and not solid unless you put a block on that ground. But then maybe you need to also use the same block on a switch, you know, once you've got past that section. So how do you get from the first section to the second and retain that block? So I, I'm really liking it. There's literally no description on, on screen, no text, no voiceover. There's just great subtle sort of synth music and a really cool sort of like, if you were inside Tron, but Tron was like a wellness center or something like this really cool yeah. sci-fi calm, weird vibe. Um, I'm kind really, really, yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm in really satisfied every time I have that penny drop moment and figure out how to do the next mechanic of puzzles. I, I yeah, I highly recommend it for anyone who's into those sort of, yeah, portal or the witness or, um, or the Turing test or like, what was, there was another one. The Talos Principle as well, I think, yeah. was another of these first-person uh, puzzle games. But, yeah, it's another mm. great one in, 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 in sort of that line of recent first-person puzzlers. It sounds yeah, right great. up my alley. I should play this one, I think, because it, it looks like mm. it's on everything, including iOS, I think, as well. So that might even just, yeah, it's on Apple Arcade. Okay, I'm going to download it now, and I'm going to play it on my little phone oh, while I'm in my bed. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, what else? Oh, I wanted to say I wanted to I wanted to apologize to the game Ghost of Tsushima because I recently started replaying Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I was kind of you know hungry for some more of that comfort food that that we got in Tsushima, and it made me realize that the combat and the physics and the exploration and the aesthetics. Uh, are all so much better in Ghost of Tsushima than they are in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, it doesn't even compare. It feels like a fucking 10-year-old game in comparison now. And I don't think Tsushima deserved those comparisons. I think they're unflattering comparisons. Um, but I still want to play this Assassin's Creed game. It's like, you don't, yeah, you don't get that kind of third-person action comfort food in a lot of other franchises in that sort of way. But um, yeah. yeah, it made me realize Ghost of Tsushima is a lot better than I think I was giving it credit for. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. I got to go back to it. I've completely slipped mm. off. I'm, I'm, I'm fully back in on Persona 5. Oh, my yeah. Big, my big 2020 project. <laughs> about 50 hours in. I, uh, yeah, I hit a bit that was really That's so my funny ass. that it's Ben and I... Did you finish the first one, didn't you, Ben? Yes, yes, I did. Mm. I think we'd finished the first one by now in a regular year, three mm. years ago. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't mean, to be so. fair, I've never been one for going out that much, but I did it four or five times. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's it's just having it there. It's been yeah, mm. it's been it's been very comforting. And especially yeah, I had a yeah, I had a bit that I just could not beat and then beat it during the week and so just that thrill of like you know the thing when like a bit in a game has been kicking your ass and you can't like you want to sit down to play it to beat that bit to get through mm-hmm. to the next part, but you just like you know if you have a session where you just don't succeed, it's just going to be it's just going to have felt so futile and like so sure. frustrating. But then oh, when you're I, on the yeah. other side, you're just like, yes, now there's all. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I've got. I just feel like I bought a new game. I'm like, oh, I can yeah, do all this yeah. other stuff now instead of just I, this one bit again and again and again. I had that exact experience this week as well with Crash Bandicoot. I reinstalled the the remaster because <laughs> I wanted a dumb, like, turn your brain off uh, platformer. And I don't think I ever got past this this level, even in when I owned it as a kid. I think it's the road to nowhere level where it's one of the big um, uh, uh, rope bridge ones and there's so oh, heaps yeah. of gaps in between the fucking planks and stuff and there's enemies and there's shit. And I beat it like two days ago, but it took me about another 20 tries. And I was like, why did I fucking reinstall this game? I was so <laughs> mad. And then I got past it and I've never felt uh, more satisfaction, even when ejaculating. Yeah. <laughs> they don't call him smooth movement bandicoot. You got to put the <laughs> you got to put the effort That's in. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh as of today uh two games have come out. Uh The Last Campfire, the new game from uh Hello Studios, makers of No Man's Sky. That kind of just got randomly released, right? Without any Yeah, yes, yesterday th- was it? There was or no the announcement of a date yeah. or anything. It just kind of dropped, so I'm excited mm. to play that. Also, uh a game called Moon is out now on the Switch, which is a um 1997 PS1 kind of oh. weird RPG that had never been translated mm-hmm. outside of uh, Japanese before. So uh, it looks kind of pretty kooky. Um, very looking forward, very much looking forward to playing that. Um, it's cool that that's finally been released. And then, uh, mm. yes, yeah, so I'm going to play those two for next week. And then the week after that, we got those Tony Hawk remasters, which uh, oh, I yes. am really, really looking forward to going yeah. on both of them. That's yep, the Avengers same. week as well. Yes. So yeah. Ah, of course. Right, right. I'll get my fake smile on again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you pre-ordered it, didn't you? Fucking hell. Yeah, man. I'm a journalist. I think and I, all um, journalists don't get review codes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can still pre-order the Tony Hawk games and get the demo level, right? I might do that for next week because I'm really excited to play it. Uh, it's, definitely it's real play small. It. It's the demo right. levels, but like barely worth talking about. It's kind of yeah, cool that yeah, it's a right. recreation of the original demo from the first Tony Hawk, but it's like mm. it's you you only get to play as Tony Hawk, and you're not even doing objectives and shit. You just have two minutes in the warehouse. Yeah, uh, right. right. Well, I'm still going to pre-order it because I'm definitely I'm really excited to play them. I I didn't mm. realize I would be so uh, so amped for it, but I am. I really want to play those games. The amped remaster is coming uh, at a different date, actually. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm really a, a pro skater for these games. <laughs> there, that's better. Yeah, I don't I'm think we. Uh, I d- yes, I don't think we ever mentioned I'm it a on Dave the. Mirror. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever mentioned it on the pod, but uh, a little while ago they released the um, the soundtrack, like the list of bands that were going to be featured mm. in this uh, remaster, and it looks fucking great. A lot of bands that I love. Uh, I'm sure you're in the same boat. Ben. It's it's mm. pretty much all uh, of them except for like eight tracks or something from between the two. They pretty much got all of the music back from the originals as well, which is cool. Yeah, oh, right. But I think there's a there's a lot of new shit as well. I think there's I think a bunch what they released is well. like here's here's yeah. the new bands that we have in. Um, yeah, like screaming yeah. females, rage against the machine, bands. gorilla radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Let's wrap it up there for another week on Filthy Casuals. Um, filthycasuals.com.au for the links to the Patreon, the premium episodes that we have up on Bandcamp. Check out the Big Brother one that we did. It was a lot of fun to mm. do. I think people will find that really funny. I guess uh, we should remind people thanks. of the PAX thing, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I don't have the details packs. in front of me. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I, re- I don't either, but I'm going to try and remember from last week because I made fun of you, Knox, so September- much for getting them wrong. September 16th, 10.30pm Pacific, Pacific Time, PAX, PAX 3. three. Yes. Out of nine <laughs> channels, I believe. Right. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. And it's so on PAX 3 because there's three of us 
and uh, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah, check that out. Uh, we will see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. And as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals. Uh, I want to go outside. I couldn't be. <laughs> My brain, it's gone. From the heart. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.